Chapter 12 I couldn't see, but I could feel the antennae as they extruded from my forehead. I couldn't see, but I could feel the extra set of legs growing from my sides. I could sense, rather than see, that my head was huge compared to the rest of my body. I could sense that I had a swollen abdomen. I could feel the massive pincers where my mouth had been. I wanted to scream. I wanted to scream so badly, but I no longer had a voice. I no longer had a tongue. I was less than a quarter of an inch long. I was as long as any two or three letters on this page. Grains of sand were the size of bowling balls to me. With my wildly waving feelers, I could sense a huge, long shaft like a fallen log. It was over my head. I slowly realized that it was a single pine needle. I waited for the termite's instincts and mind to suddenly surge within my own. But the termite brain, such as it was, wasn't saying anything. It was totally silent. My senses brought me almost nothing. I was blind. I could feel vibrations from sound, but they were vague. The termite sense of hearing was not as good as its relative, the cockroach. I knew. I had been a cockroach. All I had was a sense of smell, or something like smell, that came from my antennae waving in the air. Everyone okay? I asked shakily. I desperately wanted to talk to someone. Anyone. I needed to know the others were alive. Yeah, Rachel answered. I guess I am okay. It's just that I can't see anything. Termites are blind, except for the queens and kings, I said. I must have sounded much calmer than I felt. These are very strange creatures, Axe commented. I feel no instincts. It's as if they are just a body. A machine. Well, let's get these bodies out of here, Marco said. Sooner or later, the Yerks are going to get tired of chasing Jake around the woods. Which way? Rachel asked. Slight problem. We're totally blind. I... Maybe I'm crazy, but I get this sense, this feeling, like something is calling to me, I explained. Okay, maybe, Marco said. I have the same feeling. Like someone yelling from a long way off. Let's follow that. Whatever it is, Rachel said. It's as good a direction as any. I set out toward the vague, distant voice. I had no idea if the others were going in the same direction. I guess they were all within a few inches of me, but I couldn't tell. The termite legs were not very strong or very fast. Not as fast as an ant's. I could feel the rocks I was climbing over. Or... The grains of dirt, I guess they were. They felt like rocks anyway. Jagged, sharp-edged crystals, seemingly as big as a human head. I motored on all six legs, trying hard not to think about anything but moving forward. Just keep moving, I told myself. Don't think about how small and defenseless you are. Hey, I feel something, Rachel said. It's... I guess it must be the edge of the force field. At the same time, I reached the force field myself. I felt it as a tingling hum that vibrated my tiny body. I could feel the rocks around me vibrating. I could feel the very air around me dancing. At least we're going in the right direction, Marco pointed out. I moved closer to the invisible wall of snapping, humming power. Suddenly, I realized my legs were just motoring away, 
but I wasn't going anywhere. We will have to dig under it, Hack said. It will stop at the top layer of dirt. Does anyone know how to make these pathetic bodies dig? Rachel asked snappishly. I flattened myself down and tried wiggling between two big grains of dirt. It didn't work. Then I sensed one of those hugely long logs suspended in the air not far away. A pine needle. I shuffled over toward it. The pine needle was close to the ground, but there was still plenty of room for me beneath it. Hey! I yelled, genuinely excited. Find a pine needle or something that crosses the line. I think maybe there's no force field directly beneath him. Yes, Axe agreed. The pine needle may cast a shadow in the force field. I reached up for the pine needle with my antennae and felt my way along beneath it. I could feel the tingly edges of the force field on either side of me, but the pine needle did cast a sort of shadow, and within that shadow I could squeeze through. I'm through, I said. At the same time, I became aware that the vague, far-off voice I'd heard calling to me was much stronger. For a weird moment, I actually thought it was my mother's voice, and I wanted to go toward it. I moved my six legs and headed across the landscape of dirt boulders. I was sure where I was going now. I could hear the voice in my head. I could hear the call. My termite body seemed to be moving on its own now. It was like I was a passenger in a car that someone else was driving. Is everyone through? I asked. Yes, Rachel said. She sounded distracted to me, like she was listening to someone else and didn't want me interrupting. But that was okay, because I didn't really want to talk to her either. I quickly covered the ground to the building. I didn't see that it was the building, you understand. I just knew. And the terrible thing is... I never even paused to wonder how I knew. What are we? Marco's voice. He didn't finish his thought. I didn't care. Guys? Rachel asked. Um. The opening was just ahead. I knew it was there. I knew that other soldier termites would be guarding the entrance. I felt no fear. I clambered up from the dirt into the tunnel opening. Familiar smells. Smells I knew. Home. Home. My place. Where I was from and where I belonged. I smelled the other soldiers with my antennae. They touched me with their antennae as I did to them. We were of the colony. The colony. I raced swiftly down the tunnel. It headed upward at a sharp angle, but the angle meant little to me. I weighed practically nothing. A worker was ahead of me, It extruded a pellet of digested cellulose, wood pulp. I quickly gobbled it up. Within the wood pulp food, there were messages. Hormones passing through the colony, containing information. Vague orders. Indistinct, yet powerful instructions. I was now caught up in a rush of workers, off to obey the voiceless voice in their heads. Some were off to chew a new tunnel. Others were off to the egg chamber to rotate the eggs. And I had my orders, too. I raced along tunnels lined with chewed and digested wood pulp, tunnels cut through the dried wood that supported the building. I felt side tunnels open on one side, then the next, a tunnel above. Air flowed faint, but fresh, actually creating a tiny breeze. There was no light. None. But it didn't matter, because I was blind. I was blind, but I was not lost. 
What am I doing? An alien voice asked. I ignored it. No! The voice cried. I had heard the voice before, but it came from far away, and it spoke a language I didn't understand. No, no, no! Let me go! I felt a queasy, sickening feeling inside me. But still, I powered down the tunnel, turning here, turning there, always moving toward a goal. There was a powerful smell. It was growing stronger and stronger. I went to it. I had to go to it. No! Let me go! Let me go! Down the black tunnels, over and through the packed rush hour streams of workers, to the center, to the core, to the heart. Help me! Help me! The voice screamed. The voice. My voice. The faint, failing voice of the human named Cassie. Me. Me! Suddenly, I was Cassie again. I knew my name. I knew who I was. But it no longer mattered. The termite body was out of my control. A stronger will than mine was guiding it. The termite suddenly emerged into a vast open space. A space that in reality was no more than two or three inches across. And yet it felt like an auditorium to me. Suddenly, I knew who had seized control of the termite brain. I knew who had brushed my human mind aside. She was vast, huge beyond belief. At one end, I sensed the termite head and useless, waving termite arms. From that small head and body, there extended a monstrous, pulsating sack, as big as a blimp. At the far end was a double row of sticky, slimy eggs to be picked up and carried away by the worker termites. The queen... I was in the chamber of the termite queen.'